This episode is sponsored by Boomi. If you're anything like us and you care about conscious consumerism, you'll love the range of products that Boomi has on offer. Not only are all their products ethically made in fair trade certified factories, but they also only use premium organic cotton, which means no harmful pesticides, no toxic dyes, and there's no child or exploitative labor involved. With their new beautiful range of jersey bedding that is super soft, cozy, and feels like you're in your favorite t-shirt, you'll sleep better knowing that you've made a positive social and environmental impact. To learn more about Boomi and their full range, visit boomi.com.au. That's bhumi.com.au. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Minimalist Vegan Podcast, a place where we explore what it means to live with less stuff and more compassion. Hello, my name is Michael and I'm joined by my wife, Marsha. Hello. And uh, what, what are we talking about in this episode? So we're going to start off by giving an update on a topic that we talked about a few episodes ago that is around healthy habits and what we've been doing and all of the changes that we've been making, mainly around more exercise and eating a high protein diet. So we'll give you an update on that and where that's at because we've had a few questions around it and a few people have reached out to us as well. So we just wanted to kind of give you an update of where we're at with all of that. And we're also going to be talking about mindset. We're going to be looking at fixed and growth mindset and how that plays a massive role in our lives and what we've been doing, even recently for me, what I've been doing um, to to shift my mindset around certain things that have been fixed for a really long time in my life. Ooh, sounds juicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I suppose then we should just kick off with our the nutrition update. Sure. So just to bring you up to speed in case you haven't listened to episode 57, it was around when we just had our 33rd birthdays, we realized that our bodies were changing. They weren't quite uh, operating or functioning in the same way as they used to, which is very natural for all of us. And uh, in particular, we found that our metabolisms were slowing down. So in an attempt to uh, increase our well-being, we started to really review our diet and our plant-based eating habits. And we realized that we're eating a very carb-heavy diet, very naturally. Um, so we wanted to experiment with increasing our protein, um, not removing carbs completely, but certainly reducing the processed carbs that we consume. In addition to that, because obviously... The main function of the work that we do is to create vegan recipes for, for you guys. Was There was a bit of an internal conflict and a, a, a supposed detachment between what we were planning to eat at home and what we were making for the minimalist vegan audience. So we wanted to bring some of those, some of those recipes that we're creating for ourselves that were high in protein to you as well. So that's what we wanted to do so let's we're now going to talk about what what's working so far and what's not because it's been a couple months since we've started this yeah so i suppose yeah let's let's start with what's working yeah the first thing that comes to mind is the food choices that we're making i mean we're still not perfect we still do sometimes fall for the carb heavy type of foods yep but predominantly we do try and eat more high protein And I've personally noticed, I don't know about you, but I've personally noticed a drastic change in the way that I feel. Right. Even just like how my body, how my gut reacts to the food, you know, like when I would eat. And even it was actually very evident because the other day I had, I can't remember what it was, but I thought you made a spinach stew. Yep. And we had a bit of leftover quinoa from the day before. And then we had some yams in the freezer that we wanted to use up. And then there wasn't enough. Like they were all kind of like little bits yep. to add to the spinach stew. Yep. And then we had which, a slice of bread. Which we have a recipe bread. for on the website. Shameless yeah. plug. Uh, one of my recipes. It's one of Michael's recipes yeah. and it's really good. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had all those like little bits of extra carbs and I felt full straight away. Mm-hmm. Like after finishing it. But then I was hungry within like the next hour. Yeah. Which is what I actually noticed when I used to eat more carb-heavy meals. I would either get bloated, like uncomfortable, 
I'm not still like I've been tested for so many different things and there isn't really anything that's playing a massive role in that but I just wouldn't be either satisfied or I would just be uncomfortable or in pain and so now that we're eating more high protein I notice that like I'm full straight like with less food I'm full for longer and I'm full for longer and I'm not having any digestive issues yeah so it's just like, I mean, we just had a, a really delicious Vietnamese inspired bowl that I'll actually create as a recipe and share it on the website. But it had, you know, lots of different raw vegetables in it and buckwheat noodles and shredded tofu that I make that's really nice. It's amazing. And like a satay, like a, a spicy satay dressing. And like it sits really well. Like yeah. you don't feel uncomfortable, you feel satisfied. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed is like I feel better. I feel more energized in that way as well because it's not bringing you down. You're not crashing. and That's a thing. You're not fog-brained because the food, you know, the carbs have kind of brought false advertising. Yeah. <laughs> They've brought <laughs> false fullness to you. Yeah. So. I noticed the same. I think the I was blown away with yeah how full I felt, and also like I didn't feel like my body was working in overdrive directly after eating the meal. Yeah, you didn't feel like to, sluggish. Yeah, to feel yeah. sluggish and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I can continue on the same energy, which was really beneficial. So I, I I noticed that, and I also noticed that like my cravings went down, mm. like. You know, I wasn't seeking as much sugar or processed carbs. Like I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it or or longing for those type of meals. I'm sure we we definitely still love our chocolate and think about chocolate every now and then. But it's not as bad as what it used to be. Yeah, that's true. um, Prior to eating this way, so yeah, um, because I would every day, most days, I'd be like, "Where's the chocolate?" Yeah, it's like my body was going, "Um, hello." Yeah. Why is there no chocolate in your mouth right now? And yeah. so I've noticed, I didn't even think about that, but I've noticed that I've stopped. Like I'll make my bliss balls. I mean, yes, I'll inhale those, but yeah. you know, that's still better than a bar of chocolate. That's right. Yeah. So I think those are the things that are, are working well is that we're feeling better. The digestion is a lot better and we don't have as many cravings and we're fuller for longer. Now let's go to what's not working. Um, what we're finding as a challenge with this, yeah. with this transition. Um, again, the first thing that comes to mind is the food component in terms of I think we we're both so used to and having carbs at every meal yeah. was so ingrained in us that it was actually a bit of a tricky transition to try and be like, okay, now we lead with something completely different, you know. And if you are having grains, then you're having grains that do have protein in them so Mm. we're looking more at quinoa and buckwheat instead of rice and pasta and things like that so and you know what initially like i know at least i tried with a few meals to try and remove even the grains Mm. and it was just like steamed veg and some sort of protein and i found that i feel a lot better once i've reintroduced those grains yeah well it gives a bit more variety yeah and, you know, like if you're looking at your complete proteins, I think it's actually quite an important thing yep. to have some of those grains in your diet as well. Yep. And we've also cut out or we've reduced drastically like potatoes and you yeah. know, those. are. And again, like if I'll have potatoes now. We had a lot of potatoes before. I'm, you know, I feel that discomfort. Do you? Yeah, yeah, potatoes okay. actually bring me a bit of right. a bit of issues as well. But that's just, you know, that's obviously not a universal thing. This is just my body. I think I'm just a bit more sensitive. Sure. But I'm not dissatisfied in the way that we're eating. But back to what you're saying, there's just not enough variety. At this point, I think we've kind of... At the beginning, we were very enthused and excited and stuff. Mm. And, you know, it was top of mind. But now it's kind of been slightly put to the back burner. And so we're just like doing the same few recipes yeah and then if we're really hungry and we're in a rush or like you know we just haven't had a chance to eat then we may turn to something that we shouldn't yeah and and you make a good like the variety is quite interesting because when i look at examples of people that 
eat quite healthy consistently. Yeah. What I've observed is that they tend to uh, eat the same thing. Eat the same thing. Yeah. A, a lot of the time, they might have two, three, maybe four things that they rotate, and it's kind of like their staples, and um, they kind of they kind of feel like that's I suppose one of my fears is like you sign up to this lifestyle of just eating those same. same things so mm. um i think that is definitely a struggle like we enjoy the food that we eat yeah it's just that i think the way we we're eating before uh, i think we spoiled ourselves with so much variety and eating just wasn't a necessity for us it was um, something we really enjoyed doing and you know obviously because we run the blog and we're sort of thinking about food all the time, I think this was a, a big, bigger adjustment. Like it's made us way more practical yeah. um, with, with our meals again, which I mm. think is a, is a good thing for us, but it's just, it's just a change. Mm. And it's not like to. we're not enjoying the food now. I feel like we yep. really still are. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, what we've been making lately. But we do fall into the trap of just like protein equals soy. You know, like we do fall into that habit of like using soy in most meals. And I'm just really wary of that. Like I don't want to overdo soy as well. So, you know, being vegan, yes, there's plenty of different choices like beans, like legumes are probably your biggest source besides the the grains that I mentioned earlier. Your biggest source of protein unless you're having like protein powder and yep. you know if if that's kind you're of supplementing like it, if yeah. you're doing a high protein diet that's as a vegan that's where you're most likely going to get it from so we are now trying to minimize and introduce other things into our diet so that we don't find ourselves having soy for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yep. Which for me, like I've actually noticed certain changes in my own body because of the, and you know, like again, everybody's different, but my body doesn't like too much soy. Yeah. And so I have to be very mindful of that. Yeah. And so, you know, like even swapping out soy milk for other types of milks. Yeah. You know, when you're used to something in your coffee or in your tea or, you know, in your in your oatmeal in the morning, you want to still make it delicious because there's a particular brand of, well, we've talked about it. We've talked about Bonso in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we really enjoy that milk because it's, it's amazing. Like yeah. it, when we go out, we only order, <laughs> only order if they have Bonsoi, we will only order coffee that uses it because... It makes the perfect coffee. Yeah. So everything else, it's kind of like, mm, will it froth? Like, will it be the same would experience? Would it be too watery? Would it, yeah. Yeah. So you just want to make sure that you're kind of maximizing on that opportunity. But at the same time, it's not necessary for me to put it in the oatmeal. Yes, it's like, oh, yeah, here's an extra bit of protein, but use other milks instead just for that meal. Yeah. And we find that oatmeal does sustain us for a longer period of time. Yeah, as well, and I do, you know, add flax seeds and chia seeds and stuff into it as well. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's absolutely. Um, when we were reflecting on the soy intake, yeah. it was like, whoa, okay, yeah, it, it's coming up, recurring, um, because we were looking at increasing that protein. So yeah, I, I do like you have definitely introduced um a lot more of those plant based amino acids to seeds, grains, and and things of that nature as well. And I think also. Marsha's been experimenting with, I suppose, trying to cook legumes and beans in different, more creative ways. Yeah. You know, trying to create patties out of them and things like that as well. So there's a lot of adjustment and experimenting that's happening in the background there. Mm. So And even just like looking at things that you might not notice normally on the shelves in, you know, like I go down to my local store and they had chickpea couscous on the shelves and I'd never seen it before. I don't know if it's a new thing. I've never heard of it. Yep. And I picked it up because it's just made out of chickpea flour. But you can use that in so many different ways instead of using a grain or, you know, if you want to make tabbouleh, you can use it. If you just want to substitute it for whatever you have instead of rice. Yep. And it's so quick and easy to make and it tastes really good. So you get that protein from that source, you yeah, know, as yeah. well. And I added it to soup the other day as well. Yeah. That stew that I made. So Yeah. Now you're yeah. getting really creative. So, so let's move on to... 
the last thing that's not working and that's um recipe creation for the minute was vegan <laughs> um so we had a few people sort of come in and sort of uh, are waiting to see what these high protein uh, vegan recipes look like and yeah and I think we've certainly got some recipes to share, but in terms of our content strategy at the moment, it just so happens that we're very focused on, because we've been blogging for, what, six years now, there's a lot of older content articles and recipes that are outdated. They're no longer relevant to today's times or we've learned new cooking techniques to improve them. And it's been part of uh, one of our core strategies is to make sure that everything's up to date. So, and that um, we're proud of what's on our website. Yeah, we're proud of what's on our website. So, yeah. yeah, so quite a lot of the work that we're doing is basically recreating a lot of our content to to make it as as good as possible for our own standards. So, and if and you've what, been, you know, if you've sort of been with us from the beginning or close to the beginning and are signed up to our newsletter, then you would know, like you probably would have come across these recipes before. You might already be using them, yep. but now you know this is why we're reintroducing them. But like in a completely different way so it's like the 2.0 version of it that's right and it's not just recipes it's also articles um so yeah that's right so yeah and that because there's hundreds of pieces of content there it's taken up a lot of our time and of course with the recipes that we're recreating they initially had carbohydrate component um in there as well so that's sort of where there's there's a friction between creating new content and recreating content the other challenge i suppose is that the recipes we're creating well i I think are very simple and simple is not a bad thing at all but i think now i get it like i never quite understood that people were so obsessed with these youtubers who just sort of create these videos about what i eat in a day Mm, yeah that used to really puzzle me (laughs) yeah i was just like oh okay like what what's the appeal there but i think now i i get it because it's one thing to showcase like an epic cake or lasagna or whatever it is like something that's that you that we have veganized that we're excited that we've veganized that we didn't think that could we we could eat it vegan and now we can to limit that trade-off which we've talked about before in the past that's one thing but then there's this whole other concept of just everyday cooking like what's actually happening yeah what are we actually eating Mm. and i find myself now watching these videos and i'm like okay now i see the appeal because it is it's pretty straightforward like it's things that you would just slap together yeah. Um, in sometimes 10 minutes or whatever. And it just didn't seem like that was worthwhile creating a, a whole recipe around yeah. for us in the past. Um, well, it's different like because YouTube's very visual and it's yeah. kind of it, you have this sense of you're spending the day with that person. You know, yeah, yeah. people love to see inside of other people's reality. Yes. So that's the appeal there where it's very different if you just posted that on your website. With yeah. like this is or what I Instagram eat in a day. Yeah. yeah. So, well, again, well, if you're doing stories, again, that's visual, sure, so it might sure. as well be YouTube. But that's the type of stuff you would see in stories, for example, which yeah. is a bit more raw behind the scenes, yeah. but not as common for us in the feed. And I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of recipe creators that share really simple meals. Well, and, I did actually share appreciate... the Vietnamese-inspired uh, yeah. bowl in my Instagram stories. Yep. And I actually received a lot of private messages saying, oh my God, what is that? What's in it? You know, it looks there amazing. Yeah. But I'm yet to like actually make it a full-blown yet this <laughs> recipe is like, yet this is like a completely rotational meal that you make every, like every day um well not every day well not every day but close <laughs> to. Um, and we're still enjoying yes. it yes <laughs> so yeah it's just a bit of a shift for us i suppose and being okay with with sharing more, more of that type of cooking um and understanding that people are actually getting a lot of value from that too yeah, yeah and that's okay mm. that's fine so anyway so that's it that's what we've been sort of working like that's kind of what we've been challenged with but i suppose moving forward we're just going to continue to experiment like we're already feeling the benefits of this yeah you know what i mean and this is not like a diet like this is we're really actually just trying to be a bit more grown up and look after ourselves a bit better and we're listening to our bodies and so far this is working quite well Mm. obviously we need to find a little bit more variety reduce the soy and continue to be creative with what we're experimenting with but overall it's been a pretty positive experience and i think our goal now is to try and get to you know five to six rotational meals that we can really rely on and we know that uh we're going to thrive by consuming them as well so yeah. um that's what we're working towards and you know we'll, we'll make sure to share I mean, it with we you do guys have when we're a few we've probably i actually wrote down about five today oh yeah right um so but what i are think they? 
So, well, we've got our breakfast, yep. which is the oats. Yep. Then we have the chickpea pancakes, which is already a, uh, a recipe yes, on our website. Yep. And then we have your tofu scramble, which yep. we haven't made in a while, yep. but it's delicious. Another Michael recipe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then we have this Vietnamese bowl. Then we have the tofu, broccoli, quinoa bowl that you make. Yep. And then there was one other one. But that's the problem. Four out of six yeah. are like Soy. tofu. There was another one where I was thinking like falafels, hummus, and then this chickpea couscous based tabbouleh. So yeah, that's right. like an, you know, like a chickpea based <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chickpea based bowl. Yep. So that would be quite high in protein as well. Yep. So that's an idea. And we, we do have a recipe for falafels on our website and hummus. Yeah. Um, so it will just be about piecing those together. Yeah. So we're yeah. kind of there. Yeah. But again, I think we it's, want to slightly reduce it, the soy. But even that still component. feels, yeah. So we yeah. need to adjust the soy, but it still feels pretty simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Us? I mean, I think it's just because we love food and we do love yeah. variety and because we have so many recipes and so many things that we enjoy eating. So much possibility. Like <laughs> narrowing yeah. that down to a handful feels ridiculous, uh, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, and again, it's not like we'll never eat any other foods again. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But I think we'll for definitely on a day things. to day, yes. if we want to feel our best, this is how we need to eat. Yep. And, you know, like I saw a new GP just a couple of weeks ago and she goes, you need to be, for your body, you need to be eating high protein. So she like reaffirmed it to me that this is actually the best choice for you. Yeah. So that's that was interesting to hear her say that as yep. well. But we... We totally missed out on a topic that we also talked about, and that's fitness, exercise. Oh, right. So, we've kind of, we're sort of like, I've started doing yoga. Yep. Still walk the dog every day. Yep. And I want to increase my yoga. Yep. Um, because I'm feeling really good at how that's going. And I've noticed that I am getting more energy as well. Yeah, you've got way more energy. Than but I, I think there's other to. things as well, which we'll touch on shortly. Yeah. So, um, but it's all coming so that's together. going, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking if I can find it, I might start doing dance again, yep. maybe once a week. So like all up, you know, like I'm walking every day and I might do other extra stuff two to three times a week. Yep. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited. No, I, you're, you're pumped. And I, yeah, I've been sticking with my, uh, what is it like high interval training at home. Uh, I just find it the most convenient. I do like you know like it's either ranging between seven and 15 minutes of very high intensity sort of work with push-ups and squats and um and you think that's a very that short stuff. amount of time but like yeah. if you actually do <laughs> yeah. what he's doing it's pretty full-on yeah and it's it's just great it just gives me a huge energy boost and i found that the double round has been really helping with my um general stamina and strength like if i do that in the morning like He's still sweating like five hours later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's been really that's been really good. But I would like to, I think, change it up. Um, there are other variations that I started doing, and or, like that was really challenging. It just hit different muscles, and I think yeah, we want to pencil in tennis at least once a week oh, as yes. well. Yeah. So just to have that competitive, coupley fun. How <laughs> we walk away like swearing at each other yeah. most times. Yeah, but it's good. You typically me swearing at you. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, why is that? Is it Look I'm at more... you! Look at you! Yeah. You're just milking for it. Why is that? I wonder why she's angry at me. Uh, yes, because most of the time you win. Oh, Are you no, happy? We, I wasn't. We have it. Not not at all. No. <laughs> we have it on record now. There you okay. go. But no, we should really pencil it in. Watch this space. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. start kicking your butt. <laughs> yeah. So tennis, tennis, I'm excited about. Yeah. And uh, Will you just give me a a day and a time, I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Done. Sounds good. All right. Let's see if we've got. Everyone it. will keep you accountable yeah, exactly. to that. <laughs> we'll see if we've got a tennis update for you next time. So, um, yeah. look, that's it. That's that's what we've been working on from a nutrition and a uh, fitness standpoint, and it's been it's good. Like we're feeling better obviously room to improve and we're not eating this way all the time i know marshall said that before but let's make that super clear like yeah. you know when it's not far from perfect but yeah. we're not too fussed about that and we um, will start sharing the recipes but as he mentioned we are trying to update 
Yeah. And that's kind of been sprinkled throughout the recipes that we've been sharing for the past few months. So it hasn't yep. it hasn't just been recently. Like I'm still sharing new recipes. Yes. But more so recently, um, it's just been updating old yep. stuff and um and I'd like to really perfect these recipes yep. before I share them with you as well. Yeah. So that you can benefit from them as well. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, 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 let's move on to our next topic. Which is kind of like, now that we've talked that out, it yeah. feels like it ties in perfectly. Like, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it you've does. You've got the nutrition, you've got the exercise. Well, sleep is in there as well, but like, we won't talk about sleep, but that's yep. very important. And now we're going to be talking about mindset. Yeah. So, Where Michael. should we start? <laughs> Well, you kick it off. Okay, yeah. So, I think to paint the picture, let's go a bit higher level first and talk about... You love that stuff. I do. I do <laughs> like going high. And talk about the growth and fixed mindset. This concept is pioneered by Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck. And uh, she's got a ton of talks and interviews and things that you can find online, which we'll link to on the show notes at theminimalistvegan.com slash 060. But basically, she's, her and her team have conducted research on students over many, many years across different countries about what's the engine to get children to perform in school. And they found overwhelming evidence that children who weren't afraid to fail and were able to work through challenges and were optimistic about their ability to learn had far better long-term performance than kids who put themselves in a box. So they either said that I have the talent or I don't. I'm either smart or I'm not. I'm either tall and athletic or I'm not. And they based their success, their future success on the concept, on their perception of what was possible based on raw talent. So basically you've got the growth mindset, which is more about a can-do attitude, figuring out what's possible. And a fixed mindset, which is very much driven by fear and and I can't uh, and, I can't and, blockages. and blockages yeah. and comparison and fear of looking dumb and things like that, right? So that's at a high level what these two different mindsets are. And it's not like human beings or brain structures are programmed in a way where you're either all fixed mindset or all growth mindset. We all use both mindsets contextually depending on the situation within a subject or an area of life but it's i think also some people are more fixed and some people are sure. more growth you that's know, right like you can be and it's quite like the more we were actually researching and talking about this and learning about it i started to notice people in my life right they have more of a fixed mindset. They have more of a growth mindset. You know, yeah, like you actually yeah. start to notice how they present themselves in the world. Yep. And what is their general pattern of what they say to themselves or right. what are the blockages for them in their lives in more situations than not. Sure. So it's just really fascinating to see that. And, you know, obviously I'm seeing it in myself as well and in you. Yep. So it's just, um, it's really fascinating. It is. It is. It's, it's, if you haven't learned about these concepts before, I think it's a really, it's really fascinating to learn about as you reflect on your own mindset. And, but it, it works at all levels in school, at the workplace, in relationships. Once you start to see those signs, as you said, it becomes quite, quite apparent what might be holding people back. Yeah. So that's the, the general gist of it. I suppose now we want to talk about how we are making changes based on on this knowledge and, and share some examples with you that may spark a curiosity or or help with your situation and for us to just have a cathartic session with each other yeah. <laughs> selfishly as well. Um, and we don't anticipate that this conversation is going to be super long, but we just thought it was an important thing to bring up. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> where do you from here, Michael? <laughs> well, look, I think... Um, okay, well, let's first talk about us, right? Yeah. So, as I said, we've both... we Everyone can either have a fixed or a growth mindset. Mm. When I look at kind of the profile of somebody with a growth mindset, you know, somebody who kind of seeks uncomfortable situations for the sake of expanding their skills or for getting development. I think that I've tend to naturally fall on that side of the spectrum a little bit more. Yeah. For as long as I've 
I've known. I don't know if that's a product of the environment that I grew up with with my family or whether that's just the way I am or whatever, but like it's always this, you know, I don't recall too many situations where it's just like... No, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do that. Mm. It's, you know, it's... When I was younger, it was always always just like, oh no, if I just work, if I just put in lots of effort, I'll get there. Mm. And then as I've gotten older, I assess the effort in advance. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, yes, like right now, right now I am completely frustrated with the amount of stock music, the, the, the type of stock music available to use for our YouTube cooking channel. Like I just, you know, I tried all these services and I'm just not quite happy with the music. And there is another option. I can create my own track. <laughs> and I've thought about this for months. And I have no music history. Like I'm not, I, I haven't done sound theory, haven't done sound engineering, any of that, right? But I still have all the confidence in the world knowing that I know what type of music I want and I know that if I if I just put in the time and effort, I'll be able to create music and I've started mm. that process. Um, but you are like, I need to jump in here and just add that you are a very rare species of human. No, I don't know about that. You are. Like, I don't, I've never met anybody like you before that can literally do anything. If they put their mind to it, well, but I and you but do also a lot of the time, like you're prepared to put in the work. Yes, but I think that it always comes at that cost, knowing that there's that cost of putting in the work, like sitting there in Logic Pro and Splice.com and video after video, article after article. Okay, this track doesn't work. This now works. Beats per minute. All this stuff, right? Mm. I I just know it just takes. Like a lot of time. Yeah. Someone with more talent might be able to pick up on these things far quicker. Yeah, but that but doesn't matter. You still have a very, you don't have a fixed mindset around it and you have a very can-do attitude. Yeah. So for you, it's like, okay, I want to do this. I can do this. Yes, it's going to take me longer, but it's only taking you longer because you it doesn't come as naturally to you as yeah. it might to other people or yeah. you're not trained in that area. Yeah. You know, like there's so many skills. There's only so many skills that a human being can acquire. And yeah. I mean, you've acquired this skill now. You can actually put music together. Yeah. Like for me, I have a more fixed mindset around that. I'd be like, I'm not like, no way will I be fumbling around with that. Yeah. Or it's like... Or I'll outsource it to somebody uh, yeah. else. <laughs> or, or someone might say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't naturally know music. So therefore, who am I to create a track? Yeah, but mind you, you do have a background in like the software that you used. Yeah. You know, this is what we use For to the record podcast. the podcast. But, but the so podcast is like another a, example though. Yeah. That in itself could be like how to edit a podcast. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You, or you learn, you just learn how to do that. You're a videographer now as well. Yeah. For our YouTube channel. But, which but you I, didn't, you know, a year ago, you wouldn't have had no clue how to do it. True. So like, there's so many different skills that you're prepared to acquire when you need to or when you want to. Yeah. Whereas so many other people out there wouldn't have the guts to do some of those things. Yeah. So this is where I find you quite unique in that sense that you're just prepared to roll up your sleeves and get it done. Yeah. Because either you have to because yeah. I don't want to <laughs> or, um, you know, you want something different. So you want to yeah. challenge yourself Yeah. or you're just passionate about it. Yeah. You know, so or you're trying to find a, you know, a better solution for us. Yeah. So. Um, and I do enjoy it. Like I really enjoy that that like live incremental expansion of skills and knowledge like when it's happening yeah do you know what i mean it's not just like about the outcome which we'll talk about in a moment but it's like the process of just like oh oh that's how it works oh mm-hmm. oh now i can do it. oh and then this is how this connects to this and that 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 and it all just comes together and then there's also that whole process of like sucking and sucking and sucking and yeah, sucking until you get better until it eventually gets a little bit better and then a little bit better and then a little bit better. Yeah. But it's like, like this idea of practice, we don't talk about so much in society anymore because it's boring and it's like kind of like uncomfortable. 
like I was talking the other just before with you about basketball. Like I love playing basketball, but like any anything you're interested in can get very repetitive and boring when you just have to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. But I kind of like that process. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. You just it just feels good to make that incremental when you feel yourself developing. Yeah. Live. Yeah. yeah. Live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your own body. Yeah. I think there's definitely a slight shift in the way that uh, society is starting to see, like with social media, when people put their best foot forward or when they only show the fun parts of what they do, I think it gives people the perceived view of something that's not really reality. And then like, for instance, if someone wanted to start a business, let's say making cupcakes, yep. all they see is like, you know, these amazing cupcakes and oh my God, I'd love to make all of these and eat them and share them with my amazing customers. What they don't see is that you tried that recipe 10 times until you perfected it Yeah. and you were pulling out your own hair because you weren't quite sure why the crumb wasn't the way that it was meant to be or they weren't moist enough or the flavor wasn't quite there or they were flat. Too many people only show the end result or the perfection side of it or the good side of things. And so I think that expectation gap and what people in their head think a career or a certain task or whatever they plan to do is is very different and so they can get disappointed and so if they have that experience then the next time they're like ah i'm not falling for that trick again Mm. i'm just gonna avoid it altogether because i don't want to feel disappointed or to fail again yeah yes you're i mean i'm just using that as an example but there's in so many different ways in what we do in everyday oh for sure yeah it's that it's that that grind that happens to get to that result. And I think, you know what, as I reflect, it's never been easier to learn with technology, with Google and YouTube and, and all of these resources. I mean, we're still really young, but we do remember there was a time where, you know, you, you wanted to acquire skill and you, you end up at the library or the bookstore. You I know, remember having to for those some assignments. <laughs> <You know, laughs> MYOB for dummies and whatever. I used to for assignments, I still remember in like primary school, probably even high school, like pulling out encyclopedias. Yeah. For and I had the whole set at home. So I'd pull one out, like you'd go through and you know, in alphabetical order and you'd pull one out and then you'd learn about volcanoes or all these different things because you didn't have anything else yep. to learn it from and that's how You'd rely on that information. You wouldn't, okay, you could maybe get a couple of other books from the library on volcanoes, but it would most of the time be very similar information. You wouldn't have like, you know, that you could talk or go to someone's website that's an expert on volcanoes or there's new research, you know, these encyclopedias are sometimes out of date or the information would be a little bit more out of date. It's insane. So it's just, it's so interesting. How many times does something might happen to like the car or something? And I'm just on YouTube. Yeah. You know, instantly. Yeah. It, it's just amazing how accessible this information is to us now. But um, but I do think that, yes, there, there, you know, there's certainly moments where I get fixed. And I'll just mention it now before we hand over to you for some examples. But I, you know, when we talk about minimalism, one of the biggest benefits we've seen is kind of defining what, what is really matters in your life? You know what I mean? What's actually really important and, and the measuring stick of that is fulfillment. You know what I mean? Just uh, do you feel alive? Do you feel good? Not necessarily happy because happy is a very floaty term, but are you feeling fulfilled? Are you feeling alive? Are you feeling useful of service? These type of things, these bigger concepts that minimalism has really helped me to define for myself. And when... When I've done that in the past, it's helped me to stop caring about external factors, stop caring about what friends and family think or what peers think or audience thinks, like all like these external pressures of society, these external expectations, these material uh, measuring sticks of wealth, all of these things that sort of drive a lot of our comparison today. Um, minimalism's helped me. Minimalism's helped me sort of remove that. But I've noticed recently, 
I'm letting those things back in. You know what I mean? I'm letting that comparison or expectations of myself get the best of me um, in terms of wanting more success and what we're doing. And, and I think that's why this has been a really valuable exercise to go back to growth and fixed mindset to sort of get back to falling in love with the process again and not just the results, not just looking for like this real outcome approach to everything. Like everything hinges on, okay, you know, how much money do we make this month or what was our traffic or, you know, what were our views on this or that? Or, you know, even with health, you know what I mean? They can get very outcome focused. But I think getting back to that minimalist mindset is just sort of simplifying, getting rid of all that clutter, those external factors and getting back to, okay, what, 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 why are we doing this? Yeah. How am I feeling? Yeah. Am I feeling like I'm developing? And then getting rid of the rest, who cares? Stop yeah. thinking about those other things. It doesn't matter. Stop the expectation. Stop what, you know, your ego getting in the way of yes. where you feel like you need to be like, where others might feel like you need to be at. At the end of the day, it's important that you're happy. Yep. Like truly happy, you know, yep. and it's it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's my that's my take on it. What's your experience? Like where, what side do you, you mentioned that you think you're a little bit more fixed, but I think that's changing a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's changing a lot only recently really I think it's because of the help that I've been getting and yeah so for me it's been for a really long time like I can't do that I don't have the energy you're not in my body therefore you don't understand and that's kind of been my story for maybe the past close to 20 years okay And not until the last six months have I started shifting that because other people that's not me or my family or my friends that have very quickly made an observation about me. Right. And as much as that feels like a punch to the guts, it's actually starting to like form a bit of a pattern and a realization that like, I need to change that narrative if I want to move forward in my life and be a happier human being because that was just my excuse for everything. Like, oh, let's do this. Well, not everything, but like a lot of the the changes that I wanted to make in my life that was holding me back. Yep. That was my excuse and it felt like a legitimate excuse. And for a really long time, actually, people were saying that's just an excuse. And again, my response was, well, you're not in my body. You don't know how I feel. Yeah. And now I'm Is there any examples or? More exercise, for instance. Right. Um, Exercise has always been. It's kind of like exercise has been one of those things in my life where it's like I enjoy the feeling of exercise when I'm feeling good. Sure. But then when I'm not feeling good, there's no way that I'll be able to exercise. And I didn't realize that because of my mindset, my mindset was holding me back to the point where it was manifesting in physical changes in me. I don't know if this is sounding really strange to people or if they can actually understand what I'm trying to say here, but like going from, I can't exercise, I'm too tired to like, okay, well, what do I need to do? to be able to have more energy, to be able to exercise. Because a lot of the time I was told you need to exercise to get more energy. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but if I'm starting at minus 10, how do I get more energy by exercising? You know, that was always like, I don't understand how someone would expect you to do that. Yeah. And I would exercise and then I'd feel even more rubbish. Yeah. So it was like, well, I'm just going backwards here. Yeah. So I think exercising on that mindset was the damage that I was doing and as you just said, validating that. But when I started changing my mindset to like, okay, and I think because we're also eating better Mm -hmm. in terms of the food is sitting much better, you know, I'm actually gaining a bit more energy from it, Mm -hmm. you know, the doctors kind of validated that for me, Mm -hmm. you know, even just doing yoga once a week now, like I'm hungry for more 
and I'm sleeping a bit better as well. So mindset is actually and I'm starting to like feel like I'm starting to dream a bit more as to like the kind of person that I'd like to be and it's now feels more of a reality than once upon a time it was like oh that's like that's not possible for me right there's a uh, that that can do that conviction in yourself is restoring yeah and in this exercise example do you you know obviously what you're eating is aiding that and uh, but like is there what what happened with your self-talk specifically was there a moment or anything that you did or did you just tell yourself that you can all of a sudden um or was it about well, it, just it, incremental changed for like I'm just curious to I think seeing the right people and sure. talking things out yep. to seeing the right practitioners and actually feeling like you're being heard. Right. But then also like yes, you're being heard, but then you're also being told the hard truth about your mindset and where you're at. Yeah. And by the way, a trait of somebody with a fixed mindset is is that they can get very defensive for feedback. And I did. For critical feedback. Yeah. While I was a growth mindset, I might actually seek, mm. like, 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 might actually go out and seek critical feedback. Oh, tell yeah. me how I can be better. You know, those people in your life yeah. that are just like, no, no, tell me. I don't want to hear the good. Tell me what, what I could do better. You. And, <laughs> so, but, 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 you ask me that all the time. <laughs> anyway, but like, it, that's just a different thing in itself. Yeah. So even that moment of like, there's some hard truths here mm. coming from different sources. Yeah. Because at the time, it actually caught me off guard, Yeah, you know, and it was like one in particular caught me off guard. The other ones were a little, it's also in the way that, you know, the person might deliver that message. Yeah. In the delivery can also be as how a person can be responsive to it or not. Yeah. But I think, you know, like a lot of the time, as you know, one of my favorite phrases is everything happens for a reason. And having a few people say it gently to me mm-hmm. and me thinking about it was a good thing hmm. but then having someone slap me in the face with it yeah that barely knew me like at the time i was like are you serious mm. but it's actually served me well yeah. you know like i've reflected on that and i think it about was, it, it was, often yeah it was a big it was the most memorable <laughs> <laughs> michael was in the room with me <laughs> i was like damn <laughs> is she really going there um anyway <laughs> But yeah, it was like, wow, this is happening. Mm. Like, doesn't know you, but it's just like taking notes and yeah, and like you know dissecting yeah, me. Tell me how you really pieces. feel, doc. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but it was by far the most memorable experience you've had, and it reminds me of even those moments I've had in the past where I've had some really harsh feedback in an area, mm. and um, but it came from a place of like you know want to get better or, yeah. or just this is what it is. And, um, and it can be but so you remember, difficult. But you remember that stuff you the most. You remember it. Yeah. But in the moment, especially when it catches you off guard, yeah. it's really difficult to accept and it's really difficult for you to process it in the way that you should rather than yeah. getting defensive and going, I can't believe they just said that to me. Or like, you know, just kind of having one foot out the door already and going, this was a waste of my time yeah. or this person doesn't know me or... I'm not going to listen to what they said. You know, they obviously have their own agenda, whatever. Yep. But a lot of the time when you are so fixed in the way that you keep repeating this story and it's your story, like it becomes over time, it becomes your story that I can't, I'm too tired. You know, you don't know how I feel. And in circles you go, you know, like that's just like, your excuse for everything yeah that you don't want to be challenged on or feel like okay maybe it's not your physical health yeah it's manifested in physical health but it's actually your mind that's causing that blockage yeah and your mind plays a massive role in how you are and i've noticed that like i would have never like a year ago, if you said to me that I'd be in the state that I'm at right now mentally, mm. I would think, wow, she's come a long way and maybe I wouldn't believe them. Mm. Like I'd be like, no, but this is my story. This is my narrative. Yeah. You know, like this is who I am. 
Yeah. So you 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 you've created this identity of yourself to make sense of yourself. Yeah. To have comfort in yourself. Yeah. When um to hide in your little corner yeah. with your you know your blanket and yeah. go okay yeah this is my protective mechanism. Yep. And and then when I started to realize, but I don't want this to be me anymore. Like, I don't want this to define me. I don't want this story and this narrative to be my life anymore. That's the only time that I started to notice that I could actually start making some changes. Because before that, it was like, you try and fool yourself Mm. or like you try and talk yourself out of like, oh, well, (laughs) whatever, they don't know me. Mm. But you kind of deep down inside, you're like, but maybe there's some truth to that as well. Mm. But you can you can easily dismiss them and not do anything about it. Mm. But, you know, being 33, I don't want the next 20 years to be the same as my previous 20 years. And this is obviously happening in my life right now because I'm ready to hear it. Mm. Because if someone said the same things to me five years ago, I honestly probably wouldn't have heard it. And I would still be the same way. But this has happened to me right now because I'm ready to, for change. Yeah. So, and you're right, and I think there was definitely um, practitioners and and people in your life, as you said, that were like small whispers, small gentle whispers. Yeah, planting and then, seeds. And then before this yeah. doc laid through the haymaker and uh, <laughs> tried to knock you out with with that stuff. But um, yeah, and I think it all sort of came together. And uh, but even in the last month, like you're just a different, like your capacity yeah. for life has just yeah. gone up. Yeah, at least doubled or three times 3x what you had before Mm. your mental energy Mm. it's just like whoa you've just got more capacity for life it's just it's it's, it's incredible there's less fog brain sure and i think that actually food contributed a lot to that and obviously mindset as well yeah but food i think you know the the carb heavy meals definitely played a big role in that so and i didn't realize yeah combination Um, of things yeah so over time, things are shifting, but you don't realize that something's holding you back until you remove it or you change it. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is what it feels like to feel better. Yeah. And as I said before, like, I don't want the next 20 years to be like my previous 20 years. And I'm actually really excited for the future and, you know, even just the changes that I've made so far how far that's gotten me in such a small amount of time. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank I, you. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah. Just look, look at that fear and be open to that feedback and, and do something about it, you know, because that's the risk. That's the risk is that we all just sort of, we define our box. We define our own little box and we stay in there rather than, than, having the courage to challenge and grow and yeah because like what's the worst i'm getting emotional but like what's the worst that can happen right if you try it out and you're being honest with yourself most of the time you will actually notice that it's a positive change yeah and that it like i noticed for myself like i'm gonna say this in a different way now but i i want to be better You know, I'm only on planet Earth for this amount of time and I don't want to live in regret because I have until this point. Yeah. And I don't want that to be my story anymore and I want to enjoy life as much as I can because not every day is going to be, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but I want to give it, I want to give it as much as I can. Yeah. And, you know, I want to get to the end of every day and not regret the things that I've done or things that I haven't done more. So, you know, um, actually there's a bit more on that. Do you want to like, you just reminded me of, you know, and I think this is the probably another podcast episode at some point, but like, uh, you know, we have this huge addiction to productivity at the moment that's happening all across the board and, and how much we can cram into our days and feeling like a winner or loser, depending on how much we can get done. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, we've certainly found ourselves in that pattern many times. Uh, and again, that comparison, that external thing comes back into it. It's like, oh, well, this person is doing this. I should yeah. be able to do that and, yeah. you know, all of this. But, like, what I know 
the expectation of your day, just one mm. day mm. was a huge mental blockage, I'd say. Like, yeah. do you wanted to share what's changed now about or what, what it was and what, where, it, where you're at now with that? I think like, you know, I'd come to the end of most days and be really disappointed with my output, like what I managed to get done that day. And yep. it would normally, for me, mentally be like, well, I was too lazy. I didn't get enough done. I was dawdling around for too much. And this for is just too long. life, everything, right? Yeah. Just general, th- like work and life and everything. Though. More so work. Sure. Because I can be relatively productive in other ways of life. Sure, sure. So, but generally speaking, it was just like, you know, you set out to do this, this and this, or this needed, We you were hoping to get this done by then definitely not going to happen at the rate that you're going now stop being so lazy you know just do more like be better show up better and I think a lot of that was also me just comparing myself to you because you're a machine and we're different you know like the way that we work and the way that we do things is different and so for me I'd always feel guilty because I would never get done as much as you would on a daily basis and that would play with me yeah And then also just looking, as you mentioned, like other people, you know, like someone's just tested out five different recipes in one day and I'm like, that's never going to be me. But then that messes with you because you're like, well, maybe to be in this game or like to be doing what we love in inverted commas, we need, that's the output that I need. Right. And so I think lately I've just started to really try and focus on that minimalist mindset and go, well, I would not be happy if I was go, go, go all the time. Mm. And I think knowing myself and the way that I actually define success is being happy in what I do on a day-to-day basis Mm. and like stopping to smell the roses, as they say. Even if you don't get that much done, like maybe go, okay, why didn't I get that much done? But also what did I get done Yeah, and what made me happy today? So I think slow creation is something that we've been talking about on and off forever, mm-hmm. ever since we started TMB. And I find myself... And, and what we mean by that, just very quickly, yeah. is just not creating for the sake of creating, yeah. creating to meet a deadline or creating to meet some sort of a output of how much content that you put out to the world, but more be willing to let those artificial deadlines go and of course we've got a commitment that we need to make to our audience but you know how do we focus on slowing down the process of creation to really feel the process do you know what i mean so it just doesn't so it's not outcome focus you're just blazing through and ticking off ticking off uh ticking boxes but you're actually completely and utterly present and loving not love you don't even have to love the process you just you're, Be you're, present. You're feeling the process, yeah. you know. You, you're, you're feeling it the whole way through, you know, because like why, why, like, I mean, we're very fortunate to be able to do this project, but a big reason why we do it is so, um, you know, the things that we create help our lives and our lives help the content. Like it's the synergy between the two. And, They're um, so intertwined and I think that this is where we struggle with it is because, you know, our personal lives are so connected to our content that it's like, well, we can't keep doing something that we don't believe in anymore or that, you know, doesn't align with our lifestyles anymore. Yes. And and that's not necessarily a healthy thing. Yeah. You know, it could be far um, more beneficial to separate yeah. the commerce and the passion. Mm. Does that make sense? Where, you know, you could pursue these things without the expectation of monetizing, for example. Um, there's a world in which you can do that. You know, there's a lot of people who just do create art for themselves, you mm-hmm. know, not to sell the painting necessarily. So it is self-inflicted, but it is an ideal that we like to chase. Mm-hmm. But it can come with those internal expectations. But at some point we realize that, hang on, we can control this tempo and um, slow down the create creative process, not to create less, but to create better or things that we're more proud of. To have less um, tabs open in your mind so exactly. that you can focus you can on what's You can achieve a hand. level of depth yeah. and, a, a, and a flow state in what you're doing. Yeah. Not just sort of... And we know that feeling, you know, when yeah. it's just like when you're just trying to tick a box, it gets too operational mm. and it loses all meaning, mm. you know. It's like, but okay, w- tick next. Exactly. What's next? Yeah. But then when you slow it down, 
then you start to really enjoy the stuff. You start to feel it all the way through. Mm. So um, that's the idea. And I mean, you're not always going to enjoy every aspect of what you're doing. Uh, for sure. But I think, you know, like the reason we're doing this is because we're passionate about it and we're driven. And I guess we want this to kind of be our life's work. Um, yeah. And But then there's this whole thing of like, well, we also we can't be romantic about it yeah. and just create content that we love and that, you know, like it's got, a, the, the we've got to, we've got to make money from it as well. Yeah, And so, it's got to be useful for people too. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's kind of just trying to find, and I think this balancing act is probably the hardest thing yep. about what we do is like making sure we're putting out content that you guys resonate with, that you're going to enjoy, that you're going to find value out of, but that also brings us joy to create but that can also make us money because at the end of the day, you know, like without that, then we wouldn't be where we are right now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to kind of like at the end of the day, look at that and go, am I satisfied? Am I not satisfied? But slow creation, bringing more of that back in, I think is really, for me personally, it's a really healthy way uh, to move forward and it just it completely shifts the way that you think about things moving forward for me just unlocks this exciting creativity and play yeah, with what we do yeah, and, 100%. Like, and you're more pull, we say push about. and pull a lot push yeah. and pull so are you being pulled to this or are you pushing it yeah and i think um you know when you're being pulled you can get through those obstacles and all that hard stuff of the process because you just want to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, it could be sucky stuff, but you just do it because yeah. you're being poured through. You do a lot of sucky um, stuff. But, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that permission, mm. giving yourself permission to do that is, is yeah, as you said, is hard. It's easy when it's just like a side project or, you know, something just purely, purely, purely for yourself that you do. Mm. But when you wrap everything together, like we mm. have with the commerce element, that's mm. when, you know, it becomes a bit I'm, different. I mean, I see a lot of other people that just do their business for the sake of making the money. Yeah, yep. And that's never been us. And but but I understand know, the appeal to that I, too. I understand and and not, everybody's different. I'm yeah. not judging. I'm just saying that that's not why we started yeah. this and why well, some people we that is the it. game. Yeah. You know, the game is identifying a, an opportunity. Yeah. And then capitalizing on it, and that's the work. It's finding opportunity, and that's completely fine. But yeah, for us, it's we're, just not us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of realizations and a lot of. It's interesting. I thought that this process, now that I'm reflecting back on it, would be much more emotional. But I feel that it's made me happier that I haven't honestly had the time to like actually process what's going on in some ways. Because I, <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm quite an emotional being. So, you know, we watch Queer Eye every now and then and most, most episodes <laughs> get me, you know, like anything... <laughs> Where people get emotional or they, yeah, you yeah. know, if they're crying, then I'm crying. You, you know, just, just looking at Chewy, our dog, I sometimes, <laughs> you know, just, his cute face just gets me. So You're just full of compassion, you are. Yeah. yeah. You're just a sensitive, caring soul. So, yeah. That's, that's my wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, okay, look, we've, we've talked way longer than I thought I we would. I knew we would. Yeah, I, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this this conversation, and uh, yeah, we just wanted to change things up and give you guys a personal update. Mm. Um, you know, because the last couple uh, episodes have been pretty hard hitting with some things around consumerism and ethical fishing and whatnot. So, just want to sprinkle this into the conversation as well, and and hopefully, yeah, I, I mean, I really hope if you haven't already, you go and check out this fixed and growth mindset stuff. You know, mm. because it. You, yeah, you really, and even if you just watch children, it's fascinating to see how how it can develop in them, mm. uh, even at an early age, and and then reflecting on your own journey as well to see where you're at. And um, I think the the main thing is is like, yeah, do you feel like you have that can do? I'm gonna work it out. I'm just gonna figure it out. Do you feel that you might be quick to sort of judge yourself mm. and sort of put yourself in a box and and see if there's any ways to maybe work through that. 
Because and, you know, you don't have to be completely um, have a growth mindset on every aspect in life. No, no. Because that's like no human being on this. No. and Unless you're yes man, Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like I've had heaps of fixed mindset moments, but even like the growth mindset stuff, I have struggled at times to be too open and adaptable. What I mean by that is like almost in the, almost to the point where it's like I can just change my mind to adapt to the situation on a dime. Yeah. And it can be really inconsistent. Yeah. So, in the, and that can make it hard for people to trust even what I say at times because yeah. it's just like, oh, you're really, you're really willing to change your mind yeah. so quickly to adjust to the situation. Yeah. And I know Marsha can speak to that. So Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think there, there can be issues there as well mm. um, is – you know, it's been great, like through pandemics and all this stuff. It's like, oh, okay, there's adversity, and it's like, okay, gonna figure this out. But then sometimes there's there's there's, there's moments where it's actually beneficial to be a bit more fixed. Yeah. Because because you, you you help it's, yourself it's follow clearer, through. It's clearer. Yeah. It's it's consistent at times. And you uh, don't like, and I think that also helps with maybe not having one foot out the door. You know, That's it's right. like I'm fully in. I'm committed to this. Yep. I will see it through. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the other way, like I know with you, it can sometimes be like, well, okay, I'm not going to take this conversation too seriously Yes. because it might be the complete opposite yep. tomorrow. So, That's it. you know, it can be tricky to find that balance at times. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I've, I've been in that position, but there are some people that can be a little bit too far gone in that way in certain situations. For sure. So, yeah, that's definitely one to look out for. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All I right. I think let's wrap it up. Let's, let's tie it up. In an iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. So, you'll be able to find this, the show notes for this episode over at theminimalistvegan.com slash 060. And obviously, theminimalistvegan.com is where you can find all of our recipes, articles, YouTube videos, and podcasts. If you want to check that out. And uh, thank you for all of your messages and keep them coming. And we'll chat to you next time. Yes. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and for listening to me ramble on <laughs> about this stuff that's vulnerable. But I felt like it was, you know, it was something worthwhile sharing uh, as well. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no worries. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.